cowboy place, ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's, ain't no way you're going wrong, hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. The following podcast uses profanity in creative ways, and we bring up all the topics that you are warned against talking about in polite conversations. The contents herein are for entertainment purposes only. All stated opinions, views, and jokes are those of the person making them and do not necessarily reflect any business, nonprofit organization, state government, or federal government. Listener discretion is very much advised. first one comes to us through npr.org and it's about uh our asshole of a attorney general jeff sessions jeff beauregard sessions has ordered federal prosecutors to quote charge and pursue the most serious readily available provable offense uh and this is him trying to remind people that the whole eric holder thing where the policy of strict enforcement, you know, that rolled back the comparatively lenient stance by Eric Holder. Uh, Sessions is going to be a hard ass about a lot of this stuff. So, and this is a quote from him right here. He says, This policy affirms our responsibility to enforce the law, is moral and just, and produces consistency. Yeah, you consistently are an asshole to people that probably did not deserve the sentences that they got. It's wonderful for you, Jeff. This policy fully utilizes the tools Congress has given us. By definition, the most serious offenses are those that carry the most substantial guideline sentence, including mandatory minimum sentences. Yep, so we're we're back to mandatory minimums. Hope you guys enjoyed those. I hope you like those kids that get caught with a little bit of weed having to spend 25 years and all that fun shit. So Holder has asked prosecutors to avoid slapping uh non oh, I'm sorry this he had avoided uh slapping nonviolent drug offenders with crimes that carried mandatory minimums but that's uh pretty much all going away now and as NPR's uh, Tamara Keith explains he gives judges and prosecutors little discretion over the length of a prison term if a suspect is convicted so like i said it's going to get a lot more authoritarian here pretty quickly However, if prosecutors wish to pursue lesser charges for the low-level crimes, they will need to obtain approval for the exception from a U.S. attorney, assistant attorney general, or another supervisor. But in a speech on Friday, Sessions asserted that the policy change is aimed at not at low-level drug users, but rather drug dealers and traffickers. But, you know, we're still going to sweep up all the low-level people as well because they're all bad guys and they all deserve prison sentences. Don't you just love that? And he says, if you're a drug trafficker, we will not look the other way. We, know, we will not be willfully blind to your misconduct. So yeah, I wonder if that's the other, one of the other reasons they wanted to have Duterte come visit recently. They like their drug policy so much, I think Trump's going to uh, declare a purge. Uh, do, you, do you think we're headed that way, people? We might be 
going that way. I don't think they could possibly make it legal, but he probably watched that movie and he's like, oh, that's a that's a really good idea. I'm rich. I'll be safe. Just, uh, anyway, uh, Keith notes that this marks a return to the tough on crime philosophy of the 80s and the 90s. You know, the one where Pookie from New Jack City got busted every fucking week. Uh, and it returns that advocacy groups have feared some for some time. And it says, this is a disastrous move that will increase the prison population. As if we needed more citizens to be held up in prison. I mean, seriously, we've got the largest prison population of any country in the world, I think. And I, people might be able to challenge me on shit like maybe China. I'm not sure. Uh, but the thing is, we it all exacerbates racial disparities in the criminal justice system. And they do nothing to reduce the drug use or increase public safety. This comes from Michael Collins, who is the deputy director at the Drug Policy Alliance, said in an email to, uh, written to NPR, where I got this article from here, it says, Sessions is taking the country back to the 1980s by escalating the failed policies of the drug war. And I'm sure Jeff Sessions has not bothered looking at it at all but i think it was portugal that went through recently and made everything legal i mean all the drugs legal and they also worked on treatment programs and they've had a rousing fucking success getting rid of all the crime it's pretty fucking cool and you check it out i think i can't remember if it was portugal or gibraltar i don't remember i know Gibraltar's not a country but you know what i mean uh so eric holder's not a fan he wrote a memo saying that the policy announced today is not tough on crime it is dumb on crime it's pretty that's that's a good fucking line i i I had to laugh when i read that one because eric holder just handed you your ass even though it's a stupid comeback it's not tough dumb it's still funny as shit it is an ideological ideological It is an ideologically motivated cookie cutter approach that has only been proven to generate unfairly long sentences that are often applied indiscriminately and do little to achieve long-term public safety. So pretty much saying the same thing I just said, you know, giving somebody a longer sentence isn't going to sway people from doing crime. What would get rid of the crime is getting rid of the fucking crime itself. People having weed should not be a goddamn crime still going to be treated that way for always and forever because that's where we fucking are as a country we got to be afraid of a little fucking plant and in that case heroin make fucking heroin legal if people get it legally there'd be a lot less chance of everybody overdosing or getting the bad shit or anything you'd be able to tax it be able to make an income off of it if people need help they can go get help i might be hitting some brick walls with a lot of people where they're like no not heroin no fuck it all drugs legal across the board you guys want to be fucking libertarians about shit? Let's be libertarians about shit. Let's make it all legal. We gotta address the elephant that's not in the room. <laughs> the leader of our country is not here. And that's because he lives in Moscow. It is a very long flight. It'd be hard for Vlad to make it. Vlad can't just make it on a Saturday. It's a Saturday. As for the other guy, I think he's in Pennsylvania because he can't take a joke. Now. For the nine people watching on C-SPAN, there also was another elephant in the room, but Donald Trump Jr. shot it and cut off its tail. On Patheos, there's a blog called uh, Progressive Secular Humanist, and this one comes to us from a writer by the name of Michael Stone who wants to talk to us about 
Anne Graham Lotz, who wants to tell us that, quote, God is a terrorist. So leading evangelist Anne Graham Lotz admits that God is a terrorist. Finally, we agree. Uh, she claims that terrorism is God's punishment for transgender people, evolution, and the separation of church and state. So let's hear exactly what she has to say. What I see in the nation of America right now, just the chaos on every level. There is silliness. Indeed, there is. There is craziness. Oh, absolutely. There's the most illogical rulings. The one in North Carolina on HB2, which is to protect our children in bathrooms and locker rooms, which it's not there. It's not the reason that bill's there. Has become something where the Justice Department is suing us for something that's just common sense. Being good to other human beings is a thing that you guys don't want to do. I mean, who the fuck cares what bathroom people use? And she says, to me, it's evidence that God has backed away. He's God. He's supposed to be like the super powerful thing. And transgenderism is what makes him throw his hands up and say, fuck it, I'm out of here, Jerry. I can't do this. In our nation, one of the things we pray for is that some of this craziness would settle down. But our nation seems to be shaking its fist in God's face and we're abandoning God as a nation. Slowly but surely, I can only hope that this that's fucking true. I mean, atheism is a lot bigger than it was when I got into it. What happens with, then is God abandons us and backs away. He takes away his favor and blessing away from us. If we repent, I think he would begin to reveal the plots of terrorists before they are carried out. So more of this magical thinking that, you know, people's prayers or fever dreams are going to somehow make a lot more sense because, you know, God, I don't know, even the weather patterns he can control and protect us from violent storms, you know, since hurricanes are because of homosexuality. Isn't that what they were saying? I believe so. I think Kevin Swanson is on tape saying that. I think that's why God allows bad things to happen. I think that's why he would allow 9-11 to happen or the dreadful attack in San Bernardino just to show us that we need him. No, we, most of those people are religious. Uh, it has absolutely fucking, it has fuck all to do with your God. You didn't see a atheist carry these attacks out. You saw Muslim extremists, and I love how you bring up San Bernardino because that's another, quote-unquote, Muslim extremist that's doing their thing. Yet, not a word about the Planned Parenthood shootings over the last, you know, 30 years. Nothing at all about the IRA doing shit you know let's just go ahead and forget christian extremism let's just don't let's just focus specifically on the islam problem fucking hypocrites it's amazing so also in the interview the televangelist says that uh the theory of evolution started this downward downward spiral away from god no they were atheists before the whole evolution thing came up because there's a lot of people out there that are reasonable and going, yeah, I don't believe that. That doesn't sound right at all. So in bottom line, according to this article here, in Lotz's mind, God is a terrorist demanding obedience and threatening death and destruction if his demands are not yet met. So yeah, I completely agree with you there. And you know what? As the United States, we don't deal with terrorists, or at least we shouldn't. But unfortunately... Our president likes to play, likes to pay some lip service to these people. They really should go away. I love that everybody's drinking, having a good time. This is beautiful. You know, Donald Trump doesn't drink, right? Does not touch alcohol, which is oddly respectable. 
But think about that. That means every statement, every interview, every tweet, completely sober. How is that possible? I mean, this is funny, but it's not really that funny. It's not like funny ha-ha. Uh, but a new report from the CBC in Canada says that a popular drug that promises rapid relief from diarrhea is worrying doctors and emergency room staff because of the dangerous high that it gives opioid abusers. We're talking about Imodium AD. You know, the stuff that you take when you got the shits and you really need to stop yourself up. So uh, the over-the-counter medication whose main ingredient is loperamide is an opioid. Well, you learn something new every day. It is cheap and easy to buy at a drugstore. It is available in bulk at Walmart and Costco. And a, a lecturer at the Faculty of the Pharmacy at the University of Toronto by the name of Nardine Nakala says that drug users, opioid seekers, they are desperate. They need this medication to help with the withdrawal or to achieve that euphoric state. So they disregard the warning and still use the drugs if it means that they get their fix. And Dr. David Gerlink, a drug safety researcher at Sunnybrook Hospital, says that it has been likened to a poor man's methadone. At high doses, it will cause effects like methadone or Oxycontin. The problem is the doses you need to achieve that are really, really dangerous. And we're not talking about, you know, just a handful of them. We're talking like a lot of fucking pills. The, the daily maximum that you should be taking for uh, Imodium is like eight pills. It's like 16 milligrams of uh, loperamide. But some drug abusers are recorded to have taken up to 200 pills a day to get that high. And the, the same doctor says that it can cause your heart to stop. It's the sort of thing that people can do for weeks or months at a time with no symptoms at all and then just suddenly drop dead. He says that people abusing this drug will put a few hundred pills in a blender, make a smoothie, and drink it. And they said that's especially dangerous because you absorb the pill very quickly. No shit, Sherlock. Hey, wait, no, literally, no shit. There's no way for you to poop because <laughs> you're taking this much Imodium AD. Uh, at Vancouver St. Paul Hospital, yes, everything here is from Canada, so just fucking deal with it. It says it could slow, slow breathing and even stop breathing, similar to other opioids, but it can cause direct effects on the heart. On web forums, drug abusers have been talking about using the Lope cocktail for several, several years, and one writes that Imodium may be his new best friend. Another says that Loperamide high has almost killed me a couple of times with crazy pressure in my head. So here in the U.S., I'm sure you guys are wondering about this. The number of calls to poison centers have doubled between 2010 and 2015. Several people have died of overdoses on this, and the alarming trend has promoted the, uh, the FDA to issue a safety alert last year, warning that higher than recommended doses of Imodium can cause serious heart problems that can lead to death. And so, guess what? If you guys want some Imodium, they're probably going to be start putting that shit behind the counter in order for you guys to, to, to make sure that you're not taking more than you really should. It's ridiculous. But the thing is, I mean, if you can walk into a drugstore with 20 bucks and walk out with enough tablets to get you fucking high and kill you, people are going to continue to do it because that's how, uh, that's how drug addicts work. They don't exactly uh, go after the, 
the smart way of doing things, the best way of doing things. They go after the most efficient and quick way. Oh, not to mention cheapest. So yeah, just uh, make sure you watch your stashes of Imodium at your house if you have a junkie over, I guess. That's why you gotta keep your foot on the gas, especially with Sean Spicer, who is not here tonight because I think he's at home Googling how to fake his own death. But I love it when you give it to Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer gives press briefings like someone is going through his browser history while he watches. Just panic, like, no, wait, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop shaking your head, stop shaking your head, stop shaking your head, we'll talk about this tomorrow. It is the best. Now, you guys are laughing, but realize, Sean Spicer's been doing PR since 1999. You guys that live in America, and I'm sure this is most of my audience, uh, have you ever gotten any of those weird Amber Alert messages on your phone where it like, just kind of takes over? And lets you know they're looking for a certain kid with a certain car with a certain person or something like that. Um, anyway, they've got something similar set up in Pakistan. Except the focus isn't on missing children. It's to prevent people from blaspheming. And this comes to us from the Hemant Meta blog at uh, Patheos. Uh, and this is the quote here. It says, Uploading and sharing of blasphemous content on internet is punishable offense under new law. Such content should be reported on info at pta.gov.pk for legal action. Read the SMS by the Pakistan Telecommunication Authority, the PTA, to all mobile phone subscribers. Not some, all. Literally anybody with a cell phone that's hooked up to their network, they got this message. So, I... That would scare the shit out of me because you're going to have a lot of people doing vigilante shit. And you're going to have some people doing stuff for lulls as well. Uh, I mean, just recently, like it was a month ago that uh, Michelle Khan was uh, shot and beaten to death over just a mere accusation of blasphemy. And just last week, a mob went after a Hindu man for allegedly posting something blasphemous on WhatsApp. And in that whole kerfuffle, a 10-year-old kid was killed. So so what's to stop these people from reporting their own enemies? What will come of atheists who dare to challenge religious beliefs? What happens when the government punishes those whose only crime is thinking critically? Just because someone else was offended doesn't mean you deserve a death sentence. And I, we fully agree with that. Blasphemy laws are fucking stupid. I'm really happy that the one that came up against uh, Stephen Fry got tossed out. But the fact that it's on the books is the scary fucking thing. So right here it says the uh, American Foreign Press was told by digital rights activist Shazad Ahmad said that this mass messaging will only further fuel hatred among different sects and segments of society. It is a very, very bad move. And I'm inclined to agree with you because there's nothing good that comes out of people turning on one another like this. If you... If you could just report anybody at info at pta.gov.pk, what's to stop you from going after like uh, Tennessee Pastor Greg Locke? What's to stop you from reporting um, Donald Trump or, you know, find some other religious asshole that's in the middle of Pakistan and say, hey, they've been blaspheming. How about imams over there that you might not agree with one thing that they said? Or maybe they just deign to show a picture of Mohammed for once. Is that enough to kill somebody? According to them, yeah. Fox News is here. I'm amazed you guys even showed up. How are you here in public? 
it's hard to trust you guys when you've backed a man like Bill O'Reilly for years, but it finally happened. Bill O'Reilly has been fired. You know that they say that a Sith only deals in absolutes. Well, apparently Greg Locke must be Sith because he's the Tennessee pastor that until recently was most famous for getting the Planned Parenthood things in the mail where they said that a donation has been made in your name and he strikes and affect himself into getting a hell of a lot more of those things in the mail. Well, recently on a Facebook posting, he uh, made a video where he thinks that um, liberals are all stupid, all liberals, you know, because we all think exactly alike. Uh, So what are the three, I mean, what are the main ideas that he has that makes us think that we're stupid? We, he thinks that we believe that socialism is great. I'm not going to lie. I would rather live in a socialist. Well, we, fuck, we do live in a socialist country. We enjoy roads, libraries, and police forces. That's just to name a few. Um, climate change is an actual threat to our civilization. If this is another stupid thing, I fucking agree with you because uh, climate change is a very real threat to our civilization. We've got real estate, land, and homes and everything that are just going to be fucked over by this. You're going to have people not being able to eat certain kind of foods anymore because they've been fished to death. Or you're not even going to be able to be able to find seafood at all. I mean, fuck, the Great Barrier Reef has been bleached like 70 or 80% of it so far. Let's see. Number three, overpopulation is a real problem. Do you not think it's a problem, Greg? I, do you think we're, we're just going to keep perpetuating until like we have a person in every square foot you know rubbing shoulders with one another like you're in some sort of my personal hell um but overpopulation is a very real problem greg there's too many fucking people and not enough resources and it's got to slow down number four guns are bad uh i know a lot of people in the atheist community would disagree with me on this one but yes guns are bad i fucking hate them they serve absolutely no purpose except for killing things and number five You can identify with whatever gender you want to. See, Greg, it has nothing to do with what you want to do. It's what you need to do, what you are. It's not something you just pick and be like, I'm feeling kind of girly today. Or, you know, I'm feeling like I'm I'm, I'm a woman. No, you are a woman. You just don't have certain parts of you that match up to that yet. And that causes dysphoria. You have absolutely no idea what you're talking about when it comes to this shit, Greg, and you need to stop. So it's really funny that Greg Locke, and you need to go watch the video because he creates straw men, laughs off science, laughs it off again, and he advocates for weapons and mischaracterizes transgender people. It's just, he keeps making up the worst fucking arguments for all this stuff. His problem really is that the it, it's the same one that we saw with the Planned Parenthood spectacle. He sees in absolutes. He sees things in black and white. Everything's binary with him. He opposes abortion, so therefore Planned Parenthood can't possibly do anything else worthwhile because they do those abortions every once in a while. And he just has no idea what he's talking about in passing. He really should buy a clue so he doesn't come off looking like a fucking dumb person. And unfortunately, he does. Last but not least, my favorite entertainment channel is in the building tonight. CNN is here, baby. Now, you guys got some really weird trust issues going on with the public. I'm not going to call you fake news, but everything isn't breaking news. (laughs) Yeah. 
You can't go to DEFCON 1 just because Sanjay Gupta found a new moisturizer. Did you know that John H. Thompson, the director for the Census Bureau, has abruptly resigned? That's not good, because the Census Bureau, while it may be flat, less flashy than the FBI where James Comey was just fired, is a very, very important organization to the U.S., when, especially when it comes to elections and the whole array of state and federal government functions. This is from a news article that I found on time.com where they're talking about the Census Bureau. Uh, At the very heart of the census is nothing less than political power and money, said Terry Ann Lowenthal, who served as the staff director of the House Census Oversight Subcommittee before becoming a consultant on a census policy and operational issues. It is the basis, the very foundation of our democracy, and the Constitution's promise of equal representation. Because every 10 years, there's a new census that comes out, and it's fucking important for us to figure out districts, boundaries, who gets voted on what, whether we get more representation in your state or not. They're goddamn important. So the results of the decennial census, that means every 10 years, um, coming up in 2010, will determine how a state and federal political districts are drawn. Like I said, whether you're going to be gerrymandered or not, and which Americans are quote, counted for representation. And that translates into how federal dollars, many of which are allocated on a per capita basis, are spent. And the Founding Fathers believed so deeply in the importance of a comprehensive census that they included a legal requirement for it in the Constitution, which was a clause later underscored by the 14th Amendment. And we have carried out a national census every year, every, not every year, every 10 years, since 1790 that's a lot of fucking censuses since i i don't know you guys will correct me i'm sure uh thompson's resignation leaves the agency in a very very tough position during this critical ramp-up period before the 2020 census the bureau now faces a leadership vacuum it is a it's facing a dearth of funding and a potentially contentious political fight over the nomination of the next director and Phil Sparks, the co-director of the Census Project, which is a nonprofit coalition that advocates for a fair census, says, The timing of Thompson's departure could not be worse. If you're not on schedule with field tests in 2018, you're just not going to go as planned. And the same lady that we talked about earlier, Terry Ann Lowenthal, says that she did not expect the Trump administration to nominate a replacement for Thompson this year. And even after that takes place, the Senate confirmation process could take many, many more months. So with many other vacancies in the federal government, it's possible that the role could remain unfilled for the next year or so. Or maybe they'll give it to Jared Kushner, because that seems to be something that he's doing all the fucking time. So Lowenthal continues by saying, It is vital, it is critical, that the public has confidence in the integrity of the process and faith in the results. Anything that compromises that also compromises the whole mission. So Pruitt wanted to warn us that um, the agency doesn't receive its funds or the political support it needs. It could force a public crisis. It's not a very good thing to not be able to have a good census. If you underfund the census, you get an undercount. And if you don't count people, they are politically invisible in effect. So if the 2020 census appears to undercount certain populations or demographics in certain cities or states, he said, 
that could discredit the agency's perceived competency. It would look really bad, really bad, if you somehow managed to not count up a whole subsection of, of people of color in a certain city. Oh, wait, we forgot to go in this one neighborhood. That could fuck you up. And they could fuck up your image, especially for the Census Bureau, for a really long time. So President Trump, for example, has already ridiculed federal statistics and everything like that. So if you were to send one errant tweet during the census calling into question the integrity of the process, he could do a significant amount of damage, forcing what could become a constitutional crisis. And he seems to be getting really good at those constitutional crises that he keeps doing. It has happened before. After the 1920 census, members of Congress refused to accept data showing the increasing urbanization of the country and voted not to reallocate seats based on that supposedly flawed data. So we need to hurry and get somebody into that seat that's at least competent enough to know what the fuck they're doing. Hopefully, John Thompson actually sent out feelers about people that might want to jump on to take over a seat. But if he didn't, it's certainly fucked. Because we all know that Trump's not going to do anything to make it work. Trump's got this very good mentality of, fuck the rest of them. I'm going to watch it burn to the ground. They can kiss my ass. Good night. You know your news, right? Come on. But every time I watch CNN, it feels like you're assigning me homework. Is Trump a Russian spy? I don't know. You tell me. Tweet us at AC360. No, you tell me. I'm watching the news. But it feels like I'm watching CNN watch the news. So on Friday, uh, this Friday the past, Trump said something really stupid on Twitter. And I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it to you guys. I mean, he said that uh, James Comey had better not hope that there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. One, I don't think the FBI director is going to be leaking to the public anytime soon because if it's a classified information kind of thing, the minute that he declassifies it on himself, you know, he's facing a lot of time in jail. However, it's not specifically classified stuff I bet you he's worried about. It's just about any story that's going to make him look bad in the face of most Americans and good in the Russians' eyes. So, he got fired. This is Jim Comey I'm talking about. Got fired. And then they came up with this ballroom blitz of this is what happened. No, this is what happened. And then the president himself comes out and said, no, I was just obstructing justice. I I don't know where the fuck that's coming from. So anyway, the Senate House Democrats, after hearing him talk about his tapes, you know, better hope that there are no tapes. As president, you can't just say shit like that. So the House Democrats have demanded that Donald Trump turn over to Congress any tapes he might have made of his conversations with ousted FBI Director James Comey. This comes from Politico. Uh, If the president has tapes of this conversation with Director Comey, it is because the president himself made them, said Schiff in a statement. This is Adam Schiff. Uh, For a president who baselessly accused his predecessor of illegally wiretapping him, that Mr. Trump would suggest that he himself may have engaged in such conduct is staggering. The president should immediately provide any such recordings to Congress or admit, once again, 
that they have been making a misleading, a deliberately misleading, and in this case, threatening statement. So, with respect to the president's suggestion that he is a very busy person and doesn't have time to ensure that the spokespeople are accurately portraying his actions, it's difficult to know exactly how to respond to stuff like this, except to say, being truthful with the American people is a core responsibility of the job as president. You should not be able to still run for office when you are the sitting president, unless it's a an election year. You should not be able to do half the shit that we let Donald Trump get away with. And him coming out and saying in a meeting that he has been taping people, if he hasn't, he's a fucking liar. If he has, he's breaking the law, and we really deserve to see these fucking tapes. And in my opinion, I, I hope they come out sooner rather than later, or maybe he's destroyed them all. Who knows? But we are talking about a guy who did regularly tape conversations while he was just a John Q. public citizen out there. And if you think I'm being paranoid, get a load of this guy. I mean, he is super goddamn paranoid. And I mean, I have no other way of putting it, really, except for the fact that you guys elected one of the most paranoid people on the planet to become the president. It's disturbing. Free speech is the foundation of an open and liberal democracy. From college campuses to the White House, only in America can a first-generation Indian-American Muslim kid get on this stage and make fun of the president. The orange man behind the Muslim ban. And it's a sign to the rest of the world. It's this amazing tradition that shows the entire world that even the president is not beyond the reach of the First Amendment. Joining us for a return interview segment is the one and the only Marissa Alexa McCool. Welcome back to the show, Marissa. It's great to have you here. Always great to see your lovely face. Oh, hi. You, you've actually got me more than the other panelists because we did a movie together. We, we watched a movie together and it was if, if you could call it that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we spent was... some time together and there was a video. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, you guys can search Pornhub all you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, you've been a very, very busy girl to repeat myself what we did. We're talking about on the patron show, but. God, you uh, you're one of the it's it's only been like a few weeks since we last heard from you uh because the patrons got to listen to the Saturday's Warrior thing that we did. So, really, what have you been up to lately? I mean, you've been <laughs> up to a lot <laughs> to to say the yeah. least. Um right now I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh and to and then the next few days I'm going to a couple different cities to meet fans because apparently that's a thing I'm allowed to do now. <gasps> and I can't wait. Like <laughs> I'm going to to spend the time that I would be at my commencement being 1,100 miles away from Philadelphia because fuck that city. <laughs> I, had to, I had to commute to that city 100 miles for four years. The last thing I want to do is show up on a Monday morning when President Fuckface might be there because he was there last year. So no interest in that. But I just graduated from the University of Pennsylvania. Congratulations. I'm, I'm, we're all so you. proud of you because we've been following it. And it's like, you're like, I hope my last grade comes in. I just had a bad dream about whether I took my last final or not. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> for a person as hypervigilant and strung out on anxiety as I am, uh, you know, there was one grade left and it was on the absolute last day that grades could be posted. And I legit had the thought, 
what if I forgot to take that final I took? (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, something's going to go wrong. Something's going to, and it didn't. And I'm proud to say after not passing a single year of high school, I am an Ivy league graduate. So congratulations. What was your, what was your major in? Of course not. I, I had two majors. I was a major in English and I was a major in cinema and media studies. (gasps) Ooh. Well, that with certainly a, explains the other po- the, the podcast before it. Yes, <laughs> with a uh, minor in cultural anthropology. So yes, um, I love I love anthropology. Me too. There have been a couple of people recently who be- who were challenging some of my terminology on what I, I was talking about cultures and subcultures, and this guy was just challenging everything I said, and I said. I have a degree in cultural anthropology from Penn. Why are you challenging me on this? You think I might know what I'm talking about? Well, so you know us, sis. We can't help but mansplain. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting out of hand. So we're gonna have to talk about that. Well, yeah. Since you since you brought it up, what about what about the fun new podcast you've been putting out there? Well, in addition to the one that most people know me for, which is inciting incident, uh, yes. just aired. So 91 of this week. So we are nine episodes away from the big live show in July. But um, Ari Stillman from the Gatheist Manifesto and I started a podcast called The Sister Getting Out of Hand. And <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's the whole idea is it's it's an entirely trans focused podcast. You know, Ari and I are both trans and uh with the exception of an interview that I aired that wasn't really specifically for any show, like we, we don't have any cis guests either. Like the whole point is trans voices talking about trans things. That's awesome. And you know, it was gonna be a one off thing, but there were so many well intentioned but delusional cis people who pretty much proved all the points we were making by their response to it. Because it was like, oh, you're alienating allies. How can you do something like that? And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. We are alienating allies because we have our own space and we're going to talk about a thing that has nothing to do with you. Gee, where can you go where you can have your own space? Oh, I know every other <laughs> place in the fucking world. Literally every other podcast, people. <laughs> so it, it was just kind of one of those things where. Um, well, it it started as a joke and it still is kind of a joke, (laughs) but at the same time, we were just, it's, it's Ari Stillman, the most sardonic person I've ever met. So the two of us, yeah, (laughs) when, when we say things like go sit in the corner and apologize for your gender, you would have (laughs) to be like microscopically searching for offensive words in order to even remotely take it seriously (laughs) we have a segment called heck the sis like do you really think we're being serious (laughs) i'm sure there are people out there that are taking it very fucking serious i'm I'm sure there's the kekistan people out there that once they catch wind of it they're gonna be like oh would you look at this podcast it's like oh look at this like oh my god oh yeah the people that that, funny those are the same people that they have boards on 4chan and 8chan where you know it's specifically you know people talking about how well it's it's kind of gross it's gross because it's fetishizing but at the same time it's just like nah never mind i i don't ever 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 get involved with like 4chan and 8chan 
any any of those chance i mean i have been there <laughs> and i i have that dark fucking fucked up sense of humor where like sometimes those are the only kind of jokes that work for me you know but for sure at the same time but, i realize what a fucking cesspool is <laughs> yeah and i i sometimes have to be careful and monitor what i take in yeah. in order to not set myself off because being as visible and hyper vigilant as i am i do put myself out there and that has done amazing things and led me to meet and help some amazing people mm-hmm. but i'm human and like like today uh, I was sticking up for my own humanity against someone whose humanity I helped once upon a time, and it just devolved into this shallow pit of ugliness and awfulness. And there's it, the conversation's still going on with some people, like one of them's defending the person, and there's probably twelve or thirteen trans people going, "No, you don't understand why this is fucked up." please listen you know and like but no they gotta make it about themselves you know (laughs) right (laughs) and you know most days that i deal with something like that it's cool like i'm I'm used to it that's part of my job Mm -hmm. but you know transposed with the fact that i was at jacksonville zoo and i could feel so many eyes staring at me with that disapproving glare and you know a couple people followed me into the bathroom at one point and gave me shit. And given oh, what no. happened recently, literally on my last day at Penn, I'm a little sensitive about that too. But it was just like everything hit all at once. And even as the person that I am, that you know, is I'm an activist. I do what I can, and I'm a, I'm as loud as and as visible as possible. It was like, okay, I need to get out of here. And I need to go lay down and t- tune out the world for like five hours. And it, I, I want to stress how important that is for anyone who speaks out or is an activist or is involved in a cause. It's like self-care is so essential. Because yeah. if you don't take the time to do that, you're going to burn yourself out or you're going to drive yourself insane or both. So Yes. I think about last week, I think I had to take a, I don't take them very often, but like a video game break where I played a game beginning to end, like over like a span, span of like four nights. Because right. you know, But I needed that escapism because mm-hmm. the world gets too goddamn real sometimes and it's, it, it fucks you up, <laughs> especially yeah. being, being, uh, I mean, not nearly as, as uh, a public target as you might be, Marissa or anything, but like, seriously, hitting the news all the time, hitting all the stuff that goes on with this, within this fucking state, doing all the stuff I do on YouTube. I mean, YouTube's a, 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 fuck, cool. a fucking cesspool of people. You think 4chan, 8chan are bad. Mm-mm. No, you get some comments sometimes on YouTube where I'm still shocked sometimes by the people telling Felicia to go kill herself. It's like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with people? That, that That's an okay way of you, know, of, you know, communicating with your fellow man or a fellow woman. And it's just like, the fuck is wrong with you guys it's like oh internet anonymity i get to be a shitlord you know <laughs> so. yeah and if you i i've met met felicia like once or twice online through mm-hmm. the show and it's like if you got a problem with someone that awesome like yeah. you need to re-examine your own life and you know i had steve shives uh, from youtube in studio a couple days ago and that'll yeah. air uh next week for inciting incident but you know, I'm just sitting there asking him, like, how did, how are you like 
a decent person like on YouTube. <laughs> After all I, of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you 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 make your living on YouTube, and yet you're sitting here talking to you know a a trans girl who yells about shit, and you know we're like having a decent conversation. How how do how do you exist? How are you a thing? Like, uh, you make your living on this with people like TJ Kirk out there. I Ugh. don't get it. <laughs> it's funny how he finally dropped the moniker of the amazing atheist. He stopped calling himself that nowadays. He's now just mm. TJ Kirk. And it's like, ah, so you're having fun with your, your other. And I, I, I hate to use the same term over and over again, but your shitlord buddies on drunken peasants, you know, doing all your video clips and everything that you guys do. I mean, not going to lie. I stole some of how we do our content here on the show by, by observing that kind of thing, because they did a show with like four people live and they had cameras and OBS and everything working. I'm like, oh, that's how they did it. That's how I'm going to do it. Da, 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 but I'm not going to steal their fucking content. Not like that. But yeah. it's just. But Steve, like, yeah, Steve yeah. is a was one of the original YouTube atheist guys. And the fact that he went from, you know, strictly, you know, atheism, this or, you know, reading Bibles and stuff like that to jumping into social justice. He lost like like half of his audience from that. Mm -hmm. And there was he's gotten all sorts of fucking abuse from from everybody, every corner of the 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 edgelord world of YouTube where people like Sargon of Akkad and those guys are just attacking him left and right. And it's like, why why the fuck do you care? Let him have his opinion. I don't I don't right. understand that. It. It's like and his opinion is generally live and let live. People need to be treated like people. Big mm -hmm. doo -doo, big fucking surprise. You know, that, that that's a terrible that's a terrible way to treat other people. How dare yeah. you Im impede on my freeze peach, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's been one of those things where, like, in 2011 or so, like, I got into some of the YouTube atheists, mm -hmm. and because that's when they were still talking about, like, atheist stuff. And yeah. then TJ started making all those, like, anti-feminist videos, videos yeah. and everything. Like, it's like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. I'm mm. going to go literally anywhere else. So, and... Yep. I, I even had some people in the beginning of my show who were like, oh, I know TJ Kirk. You should get him on your show. I'm like, I don't think that would go well. <laughs> not, no, no. As a quick little aside, we I, I've been posting because I'm, I'm letting the, the, the panel's having a couple of weeks off. And my wife shared a post that I put on my Facebook out there where I was like, hey, if anybody wants to come on the show, I'm looking for guests to fill in just because it's it's more fun to do a show with more than one person than just by yourself every time. And someone's, someone uh, replied to her like, yeah, my this sounds like something my husband would love to do. And then she went and looked at our YouTube. She's like, uh, no, I don't think he would like to be on. He watches Alex Jones religiously. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't think we want to have him on. I don't think he would really enjoy it, nor would I want to waste my time doing that. <laughs> and he wouldn't he wouldn't understand how not to throw his feces at the screen as part of his oh argument. God. So. You know, we, we've got to manage things. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah, and there's all the folks out there that keep thinking, well, you guys just need to reach out to the other side. You need to reach out to the other side. No, we've already heard what the other side has to say. I, mean, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see building bridges between me and that kind of group anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, and as I often say to people who are telling me that I need to do that, is like when you, if we're talking about tax policy, fine, let's have a discussion oh, yeah. and maybe we can agree to disagree. When your opinion is that I'm not a, a valid person or that mm. I'm le a lesser person, if that's your starting point, I'm not too interested in hearing the details or the reasoning on your cause. Fuck you. I, if your starting point is, yeah, here's why you're less of a person. Here's why you're less of a woman. 
which it was today, whether Ugh. she meant it that way or not. It's like, nope, fuck you. <laughs> oh, there's no such thing as trans people. You guys just all have mental conditions. Like, uh, fuck you guys. <laughs> you know what the worst part about that cliche is? When yeah. someone says that, you know, we have trans, trans is mental illness. It's like, first of all, even if it was, it's not. But even if it was, that shows you're being a shitty person for multiple reasons instead of just yeah. one. Because <laughs> you're, you're stigmatizing mental illness worse than it already is. Yeah. And you're using it as a reason to treat us like shit, which even if we're the only ones that you would do that for, that still means that you think that treating someone with a mental illness like shit is the way to handle it. Oh. And if that's the case, we have nothing to discuss because I don't want to acknowledge that we live on the same planet. <laughs> What the ones that get me, and you probably get this. I'm sure you get this a lot fucking more. Is when I, I, I'm not virtue signaling or anything like that. But when I'm being trying to be a good ally for trans people out there, uh, and I, they're like, oh, there's only two genders, and I'm like, no, no, you guys, no, fuck. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. or gender is, uh, gender is because of your chromosomes and stuff like that. I'm like, for fuck's sake, have you guys read anything? Have you ever you literally read anything? It, when it mm -hmm. comes to this kind of topic, when it comes to biology, when it comes to gender identity, when it comes to sexuality, have you read anything? And they're like, nope, double X nope. chromosome means woman, XY means boy. It's like, yep. First of all, that ex that assumes that intersex people don't exist, which yeah. <laughs> alone is shitty. But it's like, let's see, uh, the the AMA and uh, the American Psychologist Association and like pretty much anybody that works within these fields and actually has a piece of paper that says they're qualified to know this shit <laughs> knows this shit. <laughs> and I, I often give this as a personal example. It's like in order just to get on hormones, I had to talk to three Ivy League psychiatrists, a gender therapist, a psychologist, a personal care doctor. And I had to go through like two months of intense scrutiny criticism criticization and then after like getting a physical and a health check and everything they said okay let's start you on a low dose of estrogen and go from there so whenever someone says you're mentally ill i think you need to see a doctor it's like would you like the number of all the doctors that i <laughs> went to who helped me get here in the first place do you know more than they do because like i don't mean to be an elitist <laughs> snob or anything but uh they got a PhD at Penn <laughs> and you, you just like read your eighth grade biology science book that you got at your Catholic university. Yeah. No offense, but I think they know more about this <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit since we brought up Penn a couple of times, what uh, your little experience that you had with the street preacher recently, uh, <laughs> which was, again. which was delightful because I was, I was grocery shopping at the time your live event came up and I I dropped everything and was leaning over my cart watching it as hard as I could as it was going on because for those that didn't catch it you really should find it on her I think did you place them on your YouTube or did you put them or they're, I think I think they're on your uh, your your public profile page isn't it your Yeah they're yeah, on, so they're go, on my page so you know you can friend me if you want but you don't have to to see them yeah. you should but you, you know but the, the guy couldn't name the Ten Commandments. <laughs> he couldn't name 
a commandment. <laughs> and, uh, let's be specific about that. Yeah, his his commandment that he listed is like Jesus said to love all the people in the world as he loves them or something like that. And I'm like, that's not a commandment, buddy. <laughs> that's not even the right book of the fucking Bible. Like, like, like we're talking Old Testament. That's your guys' New Testament kind of shit. And oh, wait, the, the one I thought the, the volleyball players were going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> God hates volleyball, basketball players, video game players. And uh, it, first of all, I started again because I saw that he was going after a 17 year old kid. Yeah. And, you know, you, you might remember from my first interview, that's the reason that I started speaking up in the first place is like, these are kids yeah. and you're calling them slurs. You're calling them the worst things ever. So it's like, yeah. Come over here. I'm going to troll you a little bit because what are you <laughs> say possibly going to affect me? Oh, I'm a sorcerer. Yeah, I'm a tra- I'm a trans sorceress. Come over here. I'll make you catch the gay. <laughs> He's so, like, all homosexuals are going to hell. So are bisexuals and <laughs> all the people living in sin. You're like, oh, so I'm going to hell anyway, <laughs> any way that you put it. So. <laughs> yep. And it's like, let's get this straight. We're going to have all the sex, drugs, weed, music. Uh, and all the fun. And if I join your side, I get to hang out with you for eternity. I think I'll stick with these people. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with the sinners, you know, because we definitely have a lot more fun. Oh, and he was also doing the whole women should be subservient kind of thing. <laughs> just, just your typical street preacher, you know, just he's just a shitty person. And you guys should go search them out because it was really fun to watch. Because you were getting heated, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting in their face, like, and you know, the, once again, there's always the myth that bullies lose interest if they get ignored. It's like, no, then no. they gain confidence. So I got in this guy's face for a good hour and a half, mm-hmm. just letting him know that he was verbally assaulting and harassing my fellow students, and kids, I may not. Too. Have, That's the yeah, fucked up kids. thing. Like, I'm 31. Say whatever you want to me. I don't give a shit. But some of these kids have not reached the point where they've had to confront anything like this. Yeah. And at a school that's had a suicide epidemic already, the last thing we need is someone saying the wrong thing to the wrong person and not only not having someone there to stand up for them and counter them, Mm -hmm. but for them to just say, oh, it's just a bully. Leave them alone. It's like, no, we're not addressing the source of the problem here. So I need to give you a, a little bit of a, not a little bit, a great deal of things because, um, well, shit, you're supportive of the show. And no, that's not how she got to be on the episode, but I'm not going to lie. It, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you guys could all learn a lesson or two. Anyways, uh, being the, um, I'm a typically a neurotic kind of human being. I think we all kind of happen to be, uh, I was feeling really low and I, I was thinking, you know, I was having those terrible thoughts that you always have when you're alone in your own brain and. I was, you know, you you put out the whole, I'm just going to shutter the whole project. I'm just going to stop. I'm just not going to do it anymore. And then you pledged to the show and then immediately made me feel a lot better as a podcaster, more alive as a podcaster than I felt in a while because cause feedback from, from everybody out there is the reason a lot of us do this. We like to hear from our audience. We like to see that it's having an effect on some people. And so there's sometimes you feel like you're just literally screaming into nothingness because you're posting stuff out there and you see people are clicking on it people are downloading it and stuff but it's not the you know the community you're building the people actually giving a shit about the product you're putting out there but marissa is one of those people that stepped up and i thank her so much for it because it was 
really fucking hard sometimes, you know? And you, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I sure do. And uh, first of all, what you're saying is that your show is awesome because of me. So I will fully take credit for that. <laughs> but, you know, there, I, I was just on the call with No Illusions a few hours ago. And yeah. we had one... Because, you know, okay, this is the guy who got me into podcasting. And he is a personal hero of mine, even though he's now a friend and I'm like best friends with his wife. But it's still the guy who like said he's the person who made me say, okay, I need to speak up. I deserve to have a voice. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain level of fangirling that I had just because it's like, it's no illusions. This is, this is the one who made me want to do this, which in turn is part of why I am what I am now. And there's no amount of praise or words that I can deliver that would fully justify what this guy has done for me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with his work alone, never mind the fact that he's invited me to his home, that you know, his wife has spent weekends with me at conventions. Like, how do you thank someone for that? How do you, <sighs> you know, how do you look at someone and go, you know? I wouldn't be where I am without you. It's because of you teaching me or at least helping me learn how to stand up for myself that I'm now a, con a contemporary of yours and you are probably the most amazing orator that I know. It's just incredible. And having him on the show, I didn't want to give him the same interview he always gets. I didn't want to just, you know, oh, well, how did you start? Why did you do this? Uh, why did Eli put that llama in the dishwasher? You know, I didn't want to ask all those things. Yeah, because everybody's heard them and everybody knows them. That's the thing. And thank goodness there are people out there like you and like I, I like a little bit, I think, with our show that we we try to go a little bit beyond the the bullet point interview. How are you doing? What are you doing this week? How have you been? It's like, OK, yeah, everybody's kind of heard this stuff, especially since a lot of people you yourself included have projects going on and so you make the rounds because that's one of the that's one of the best and easiest ways to get products sold or you get your get people to like buy into your patreon or whatever it is that you might be going around doing i mean people do it because they also love podcasting but the, the thing is yeah. like it's a great way of getting people to to care about your product anyway sorry i interrupted you there no no you're fine i um the biggest thing i wanted to talk to him about was the community itself yeah, because when we were at ReasonCon, I just kept hearing things of like, oh, people are protesting this or the um, the girl I flew in from Canada to come with us. Um, you know, I, I, he I heard she was not going to be able to go. And I'm like, eh, I'll take care of it. Come on down. And she, she told me her it was either her father in law or her dad. I forget which one. And it was he's just said, you know, I want to help you out. But I feel like the thing you're going to is, is an attack on my religion. And it's like, okay, let's compare. Joel Osteen has a $10.5 million house. We're hanging out at a hotel for a weekend, mostly getting drunk and hoping no one hates us. In Hickory fucking North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Like, I described ReasonCon on Twitter as 350 introverts scared that nobody's going to like them and Eli Bosnick. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's somehow... A, a, a few hundred people hanging out in a hotel, signing stuff, meeting podcasters, and talking about science. Somehow that's an attack on a religion 
that has its own channel with people like Pat Robertson who constantly tell us that we're going to hell because we don't conform to his exact interpretation of a 2,000-year-old book. So, I mean, it's like, it, <laughs> there's a lot of lack of levity. There's a lot of uh, comparison in that. It's like, you know, if we exist, if we say anything, it's an attack on them. But if they, you know, have an 82nd church built in the town, that's okay. And I feel like there's some dissonance in there that is part of the reason that people like us need to speak out and need to speak out more. Yeah. It's like we're we're not trying to take away your beliefs. We're trying to say, hey, we, we exist. exist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the the great thing about all what you just brought up there is that unlike the churches that are opening their 83rd and whatever fucking location they are in Utah, boy, you're going to. You're going to laugh when you're here for the visit, Marissa, because there's literally a Mormon church like every fucking block. Like it, 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 they are everywhere. And they I love me, <laughs> me being a business person. I'm, I'm looking at I'm like, OK, there's this that bit of uh, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, not paying taxes on any of these locations for everything they got here. They they got the land at cost. Every one of the schools has a church building next to it. Not they can't have it on the school property because that's against the First Amendment. But they they've been the rules enough that they can have it on the same lot. It's just mm -hmm. a separate. It's not attached by the same sidewalk or something like that. And my God, this state has it has it bad. And you're gonna you're gonna giggle about it when you hear. You probably will get a little depressed about it, but you'll still fucking laugh because well, you know, especially I'll, driving I'll through downtown Salt Lake when you're going to be looking at the giant headquarters and the conference building and all the other shit that they've got and oh you get to go see space jesus you're gonna love oh, that <laughs> well you see this this is gonna be a great couple days for a couple reasons first of all i get to hang out with you guys yeah. after you know that tremendous episode we had i was like i gotta come meet you guys i'm gonna make this happen <laughs> second of all i'm going to pride and i'm hanging out with you guys third I get to meet my girlfriend for the first time. Yeah. Because she's originally <laughs> from Utah. And I I got her tickets to the to the live gam in Seattle, but that's not till July. Yeah. And you know, we were just getting to the, to the point where like, I don't feel like waiting till July, do you? No. Hey, I'm going to this thing that's relatively close to you. You wanna go? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, Outcast! This is my girlfriend Amy. So you're gonna have to put up with two of us crazy trans girl <laughs> podcasters for a few days. That cool, cool. Yeah, we're cool with that. <laughs> so I didn't anyway, think you'd have too much of a problem. No, and sadly, the the game's coming here in October, and I'm not gonna be able to make it because that's my kid's birthday. And I, yeah, go as, as much as I love podcasters and stuff like that, it's I'm very much a family first kind of guy because. You should adopt them out and start over again. That's just unacceptable. <laughs> I don't know. I got a pretty good set this first time around. I think I'm going to be good. I think I'm going to be good as an old man. I think I'll be all right. <laughs> that's that's always good. I I figure I'll be like a uh, uh, Cloris Leachman, and I'll just be I'll just have convinced myself that I always had a Ukrainian accent, and that's how I'm going to appear for the rest of my life. Just walking around talking in a Ukrainian accent, thinking I own a bakery that doesn't exist. I'm good with that. <laughs> and my uh, my twins, we they joke not joke all the time. They they honestly wonder how come they can't get married when they get older. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, technically, you, I mean, there's nothing saying that you can't, but I mean, there's probably stupid rules in the books, but it's not like you guys are gonna seal the deal on it. And the funny thing is, they're <laughs> like, 
All, all of my kids are like, yeah, I don't want kids when I grow up. And I'm like, to have a five-year-old tell you they don't want kids when they grow up, it's like, wow, <laughs> that's, you go ahead and make that decision, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. Let me take you to a place Stick called Westeros it. where twins are the best. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, yeah, you know what? That's, that means they're going to have more disposable income. That means I can go drinking with them more often. That'll be great. That's I am right. longing. I mean, I don't want them to grow up fast, but I am longing for the day where it's like, you guys want to go get a beer? <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of the fun of being a parent. You're putting in the work now. So when they get older, you can like, you know, hang out with them as a person. Yeah. Like <laughs> my my son, we were in Kentucky, unfortunately, for my brother in law's uh, Ph.D. commencement. Oh, yeah. And we were on the way back. And I forget what podcast I was listening to because I, I have 87 subscriptions or whatever. <laughs> but I hear him in the back go, Maddie, because that's what they call me, because I didn't want to replace their mom, but I couldn't be daddy anymore. They said, Maddie, can we listen to something that you did? And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, you guys remember Lala, the one that you're already taller than, despite the fact that you're nine years old. Remember her? We did a show together. So I played them inciting incident 88 when I had uh, Lucinda Illusions live uh, with me from Tech Oshokan in Pittsburgh. And they were just like, she's really nice. I'm like, yeah, she is. She's she's phenomenal. I'm like, I'm glad you have a best friend like her. She should come. She should come visit again. And I'm like, okay, my nine-year-old son wants Lucinda Illusions to hang out with him. How could I have done better as a parent? Like winning. <laughs> anyway, so what's next with with next? Ugh, God damn it! Let me get my tongue. Just roll it back up there. Sorry. What's next for you? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, I just had a book come out. Uh, it's called False Start. And it came out uh, recently. It has uh, Lucinda Illusions in it, uh, contributing an essay. That's a novel available on Rismacool.com or on Amazon. And uh, Karen Garst just reviewed it yeah, on Amazon. I was going to say you had a great review come through on that one. Yeah. Uh, Karen Garst, by the way, like she approached me to be on the show and then was like, I love your book. When you come to Seattle, come stay with us. Sincerely, your new BFF, Karen Garst. I'm like, We've been talking for five minutes. Like, how is this thing? <laughs> and uh, so, so that anyway, um, I have a new book coming out. Uh, it's not done yet, but it's called Voice in the Dark. And it's an about it's about an anonymous podcaster who calls out corruption in his high school in like 2009 and contribute because I, I have writers contribute to every book that I do. Like mm -hmm. I have people submit essays you know, the PC light was different where it was like, here's everybody's reaction to fuckface winning. But, you know, false start was about LGBT in a small town and mental illness stigma. Well, this next one's about the consequences, both positive and negative, about speaking out and being an activist. And so far contributing Dan Errol, No Illusions, Karen Garst and Gleb Sapersky. So oh. it's just like. These... I've been working on getting Gleb on, Gleb on in the next couple of weeks. He's fantastic. You're going to love him. Uh, <laughs> but it's like these four people who like actually have qualifications and an audience and make money doing this shit are willing to go. Yeah. Put my name on your book. Like I, I trust you, Marissa McCool. You can take my words and sell them with whatever bullshit you're going to put in your book. I commend you. So <laughs> it, it's just kind of been that. 
that point in my transformation into a public figure where people with talents and that I used to look up to only as figureheads in my accumulative imagination are now going, hey, Riss, you're my friend. And I'm like, how, how do you know me? How, how, <laughs> do you know who you are? I don't understand. <laughs> like, I'm, I was a nobody. I'm not. I'm not somebody. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. hard to give that up. I'm sure. <laughs> well, it, it's amazing how writing a book telling Donald Trump to go fuck himself can get you noticed in a community like this. But hey. here we are. <laughs> um, I'll be releasing mine here in about a year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if if any kind of success comes from it, why the fuck not? <laughs> the important thing is do it for you first. Oh like, yeah, yeah, for sure. If nobody had bought the PC lie, I would still not regret it because I took just this feeling. It was nothing more than a feeling of just screaming fuck for like 72 straight hours and somehow a cohesive narrative came out of it. And I'm glad it's been <laughs> successful and I couldn't be more grateful. But, you, know, you know, that's how I got on a lot of these podcasts like yours yeah. and, like, you know, Gam and Cogdis and all these other podcasts that don't realize that I'm not famous. So like, you know, uh, they're like, Oh, uh, you know, we actually have real guests who do things that somebody knows about. But then there's also this purple haired chick that like wrote a book that said, fuck a lot. So let's have her on too. Cause clearly they're on the same level. And I'm not, and then I'm sitting there that day. Like, uh, I, I just went to school and, Nobody talked to me, so <laughs> I, I don't think I'm on the same level as some of these other people. But if you view me as a contemporary, I will not, you know, disperse this bubble that you put me in because I like it here and I want to stay as long <laughs> as possible. <laughs> exactly. It's been a fucking absolute blast having you on. Hopefully, have you on again here in the future with more and more Absolutely. success that you're going to be having. So. Yeah, if if any of your listeners are in Pennsylvania or, you know, are going to be awesome and traveling, uh, I do have a live event coming up, and that will be July 14th in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Uh, tickets are available on the Insigning Incident podcast page. We're having our 100th episode, and there in person, uh, on stage, will be, besides me, uh, Chris Cluey from the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Scathing Atheist and the whole crew, Opening Arguments, Andrew and Thomas, and uh, Callie and Ari from Gaytheist. And in the crowd so far, I know uh, Trav Mamone, Steve Shives, Cogdis, and uh, I believe Sharon Frankel's coming. I think Karen Garst is coming. Like it, God it's going to be like a, <laughs> it's going to be like a mini podcast con. I was going to say that's a is, mini reason con right there. <laughs> exactly. So you know, if if you're going to be in the area, or you know, hey, maybe you should get to the area. Definitely check that out. It's reasonably priced, even in comparison to some of the some of the other uh, local podcast shows. Yeah. And there's gonna be free booze, and we can all take a moment to stare at how pretty Chris Chloe is. So, join me in that. It's gonna be worth it, guys and gals, and everybody in between. Uh, did you hear that? Free booze. <laughs> <laughs> that would get my ass in the seat immediately. <laughs> I mean, well. beside the fact that you're having your hundredth episode of course i'm just saying <laughs> that's a that's a definite plus but i don't think we could do that here in utah fucking nah, state i swear <laughs> I, I i think the mormons would show up and automatically re replace it with seltzer water and nobody deserves that no oh, gross <laughs> if y'all ever wonder what it's like to be a redneck with empathy 
Have you never heard of a Southerner who isn't a blathering bigot? Well, have I got the show for you. It's the Podunk Polymath Podcast, hosted by myself, Chris, and it's the sentiments of a secular, sarcastic, screwed-up Southern SJW and skeptic. You can find me and the show on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or your favorite podcatcher. Y'all stop on by and take it easy now, okay? Okay, so that wraps it up for this week's current events and interview. Uh, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the episode coming out this upcoming Wednesday, which is going to be our feature show. Uh, it might just be all fun with real audio. You might have to wait and see what happens there. Since I've been uh, working the, the microphone and the mixing board kind of solo, grabbing whoever I can get it whenever I can grab them, um, learning a lot about recording by myself. And uh, sometimes it's, it's kind of hard to rope somebody into doing a, some crazy shit like fun with real audio and i'm sure as hell not gonna write a game segment just for other people anyway probably have a rant for you too anyway before i wrap this whole thing up in a tight bow and get cranking on the next one i have to give the biggest thanks to all the amazing patrons who support us each week so many thanks go out to our newest patron jeff peterson thank you jeff we really appreciate the the extra income your help provides and uh our sustaining patrons angelica pearson Marissa Alexa McCool, the Godless Revolution podcast, Louise Cruz, Jeff Linville, and then Mike and Darcy Bowman for all their help and love and support that they've shared with us recently. If you too wish to support the work that we do each week, please make sure you go to patreon.com slash Outcasts. But, you know, money's not the only way to get our attention. So if you don't have the budget, a quick review or subscribe on whatever you catch us on will help out a ton and we'll make sure to get you your due praise. Uh, we got a couple of new YouTube followers, but you guys don't have your stuff set to public, so I can't really tell who you are. Uh, but we also have a iTunes review that came in, another five-star review. Uh, no text has shown up yet. I will check again here in a little while. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much for putting up with all of our fun little nonsense stuff that we do with the show. Anyway, a final thanks go out to Marissa McCool for joining me on the interview segment. And she'll be joining me again later this week with uh, Fun With Real Audio. Uh, we remind, we have to remind you that Wednesday will contain more stuff, so be sure to catch us then. But until then, remember, you're welcome. Good night, everybody. And
Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. All around the world, poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen, World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future and even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org slash chosen.